This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. What's that? You don't know what that is? Well, this must be the first time you've ever listened to the show. Yeah, because we talk about them all the freaking time. Or you listen to a bunch of episodes and then you just decided to jump to the newest one. You went like one, two, three, four, five, six through like maybe 50 or 130 or something. <laughs> then you're like, ah, that's a bold move. I'm just going to skip all the way to number 196. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Uh, also, I didn't mention this to you, Steve, but Sinusoid contacted me directly today uh, and they want everyone to know that there's going to be crazy things afoot on Black Friday coming up very quick at the end of this week. Ooh. Is it the end of this week? No, it's not. It's in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Black Friday uh, coming up yeah. after Thanksgiving. So be on the lookout for stuff for, uh, from sinusoid.com on Black Friday. Sinusoid.com. I bet they're going to have turkey-flavored cables. They make cables. And smiles. This episode is also brought to you by the Nocturne Brain maker of fine pedals and amplifiers. We've got uh, this pedal from them. Can we talk about this? We can Let's absolutely talk, about, talk this. about this. Hopefully I will have the demo up last Friday, but it might be going up today. This is the uh, BS301 Mystery Brain. Yep. I don't know what any of these things mean, but apparently <laughs> it's a preamp slash digitape echo. So basically it's a space echo in a box. Ooh. Yeah, so it's trying to do... Uh, the, the thing I've always been really impressed with, with my Fez, because I've got a Nocturne Brain Fez, yeah. is just how good it sounds. I know that sounds novel to say about a piece of musical equipment, but I'm, I'm saying that there's a certain level of attention paid to the actual tone of it and the quality of sound right. and the tone tweaking ability of it that I just haven't experienced in many other pedals. And that kind of like theme carries over to this. It's just... A tone tweaker's delight. It's a live playing powerhouse because at the beginning of the circuit, there's a preamp. It's the preamp from a, uh, what did I say? A space echo. Space echo. A legendary preamp. It sounds fantastic. It lets you push your amp into just warm, gritty goodness. Lots of lots of output there. There's a bass cut circuit on it that allows you to pull those low ends out if you're getting too crazy with the oscillation on the on the delay side. There's also an A B B Y switch, which, from what I understand, it sounds like a boost when you when you use it. But what's actually going on is it opens up the dynamic range of the gain. Interesting. So it likes it just spreads it all out. You can get quieter. You can get louder. It's does magical things while you're playing. It's a great thing to stomp on in the middle of a set when you want to hit that lead and you've already got the preamp on as an always on, you know, mm -hmm. but if you don't use a preamp as an always on, you can use it as a boost or a cut, you know, or a tone shaper. So before we even get to the delay side, you ha you're having all these like combinations of tone tweaking that you can just do live with foot tapping, you know, and then you've got the echo side, which is like a really good version of like a memory man or like a uh, like a tape echo sort of thing. It's like hitting a lot of notes in that direction. It's just a really solid 550 millisecond delay that sounds fantastic and plays great 
sits in the mix really nicely. It's got a really uh, esoteric and funky uh, uh, modulation to it if you want to get weird or if you just want to have a little bit of subtle warble to your tone. I'm a big fan of this thing. Go check out the demo. It was a ton of fun to play with. I'm really impressed with it. Like I said, go check it out. Go to thenocturnebrain.com. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Yeah, we're back at it. What up? We're back in the saddle again. I don't know what that is. We're back! But I like it. <laughs> Isn't that a Bon Jovi song? Who's Bon Jovi? Good question. Good question. Oh, he's one of those mom rockers. <laughs> he's one of them mom rockers. Uh, I feel like I used up all my energy on the uh, on that intro Whoops. and doing the wheel pedals. I'm spent now, sitting back, sipping on some scotch. All right. Scotch, scotch, this scotch. This is where I take over. Take over, Steve. Now it's your you'll show know what now. it's like to be psychologically manipulated. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Hey, Ryan, why don't you ask me what's new? <laughs> what's new, Steve? That's what I thought. <laughs> oh, I mean, thank you for asking, Ryan. Well, of course, of course. Lay it on me, man. Uh, I Don't tell me what to do. You're not my mom. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. <laughs> uh, I sold my tonal recall this week. Oh, congratulations! Uh, I had it up for a few weeks. I had some. I had some offers. I feel like I just gave that back to some, you. Some uh, some offers. Uh, it was up longer. Maybe I was just impatient. It was up longer than I wanted. I had some offers that were okay. I had some offers where like I just had to think about it too much, and I was like, Ugh. "Did it move faster um, than that strat you were trying to move?" I only. I mean, I guess technically. There you go. Um, and uh, so basically, basically, af- af- shut your dirty <laughs> mouth. Um, after I factor out all the shipping and just look at look at straight up pure profits. So tell me about them pure uh, profits. I basically, uh, flipped uh, uh, about an eighty dollar flip on that. So that's all right. Hey, I that's guess. pretty good. I you only had to jump through like one hoop by swapping yeah, I, a guitar I had to do, for it. I had to make a couple hoops. Uh, I got that guitar for for one thirty. And then it cost about eighty dollars to ship it. Yeah, geez. and then I got that tonal recall. But I think I think the tonal recall probably did sell faster with uh, fewer questions to be asked. Yeah, than uh, the Strat would have. So it's hard to sell kind of like that. a mid to low value guitar. Yeah, online. I think I could have sold the Strat for more locally, but like the local market's been pretty slow lately. It has been a lot of the same stuff has been up forever. I. I have had all my pedals listed on Craigslist for a while, the ones I've been trying to sell, and yeah. I haven't got any bites. I've sold a couple pedals recently on, on Reverb, but, man, it, it seems like the whole market's kind of grinding to a halt lately. Yeah. I don't um, know what's up. So I can't complain about that. It's gone, and it cleared super fast, and uh, I was actually pretty much in a shipment mode already oh, good. Um, at that time. So uh, it worked out perfectly because uh, because of all those things. 
because of all the things that led to the circumstances that concluded in an event happening. Yep. <laughs> well, this is the uh, part of the show where you ask me what's new. Hey, Ryan, Steve. what's new? I've been working on the Epiphone SL. Ooh. You can see it over there on the workbench. Yeah, it looks like a real piece of trash. Yes, total pile of garbage over there on my workbench. Uh, so, Can't believe you paid ninety nine dollars for that. <laughs> ninety nine dollars and hours and hours and hours of work trying to get this thing to play like a normal guitar. Uh, I did a video a week or so ago with a little fret rocking tool showing which frets were high, and, and it was high. all of them, right? Uh, I'd say good, like ten percent of the frets are high, maybe, maybe that's 20, only like two frets, twenty percent, like three or four frets, four are high. frets, okay, yeah, so. I've been attacking them with a little bit of like a like a sanding brick that I got and those little fret guards you mm-hmm. put around them. A lot of people wanted me to get like the whole like polishing block that polishes a bunch of frets at once. Right. But I'm looking at like this is definitely a problem with a couple frets and the rest are fine. Mm-hmm. I'd rather experiment on a couple than like trash my whole fretboard and then also have to invest in a piece of gear that's kind of expensive. Compared to the guitar, I've already bought like the cheapest Bigsby imaginable to put on this thing. Right, right. And then I've got a Bigsby bridge, so I'm already like, like sixty bucks deep on this. Jeez. And then I put new tuners on it that were gifted to me by uh, by Dylan from yeah, Dylan McCurchy. Yeah, from Dylan Talkstone and Dylan Dil- Pickups and, and Dylan Guitars, Dylan Guitars, Dylan Cables, uh, Dylan uh, BaseballHats.com. I don't uh, think Dylan BaseballHats.com Dil- is one of them. Dylan Retractable Toothpicks. The toothpicks that fold down for easy storage. <laughs> he makes everything is what I'm saying. That doesn't even but make sense. But he was very kind to uh, to send me a set of Grover yeah, minis. They're, uh, they're really great over there. Uh, so all, they've got, they've got a, a lot of helpful advice to give, and uh, their instruments all look really good. We're talking about Dylan? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. They make they make uh, a lot of pickups. I guess I guess they make pickups for like a lot of different companies where it's kind of like a I, – I guess it would be like OEM. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where uh, – Like small builders. Like I, I want a signature pickup, but I don't want to say who it's from. Yeah, and I, I guess they are, they are pretty good at um, working with uh, individuals who like have a specific sound in mind. Like I, I guess that's a thing that they do. Sure. I, I listened well. to his interview with uh, Clifton Worley when I was flying to Summernam, Ooh. and uh, all that information sounds vaguely familiar. I feel like that information was in there, or similar information. So you're saying that if people want to know more about uh, Dylan Pickups, <laughs> they should go check out the Clifton Worley yes, show. Yes, go check out the Clifton right. Worley show. But anyways, I've got some uh, pieces of gear over there I'm going to attach to it. I completely stripped out the uh the the post mounts for the stock bridge and i'm going to put a floating bigsby bridge in its place so it's just going to be sitting there on the body held in by string tension and then i'm trying to figure out how to do placement on the knockoff bigsby tremolo right now uh i was trying to like eyeball it the other day i'm like you're gonna screw this up so bad when you drill these holes ryan uh so my current plan is to like print out a grid Oh my gosh. Matrix to measure it that will uh-huh. line up with the post holes. And okay. then I can for sure get it centered on uh, those post holes. Unbelievable. <laughs> but there's a little bit of a challenge because it's got to overlap the pick guard. The, the Tremolo does, the Bigsby. Mm-hmm. So I made these metal risers to hold the Bigsby up to the same level as the pick guard to get it up over it. 
so I don't have to cut up the pick guard to have the Bigs B sit against the body. So this thing is going to be a total hack job. So far, it doesn't look ugly, but I haven't started screwing things together yet. Is there any chance that this guitar will be done by the 200th episode? I'd really like it to be. I'd really like to bring it and have people be able to look at me like, wow, Ryan, you really goofed this thing up. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, 200th episode. We're going to record it. Uh, on this Saturday. Yeah. That's crazy. This is being released on a Monday, and we will be uh, t- doing the 200th episode recording the f- Saturday after that. I mean, that, that episode will air three episodes from now, so it's not like a rush or anyone who like, jumped to their podcast player and listened to it, but man, it's coming up quick. I can't believe it. It feels like so long ago that we did the 100th, too. It was two years ago. It is. So much has changed since I, then. Um, I'm going to like tear up a little bit thinking about I it. I had something pop up. Yeah, you the did. other day, <laughs> shut your oh, mouth. Hi-oh. <laughs> uh, I had something on like a uh, you know memories or whatever that was like you had a memory, from, Steve. It was like a internet memory. Ah, uh, yeah, um, a cyber was, mem- memory. I think it said it was like something four years ago. Yeah, uh, though I thought we started this podcast in like in the spring or like nah, late winter. No, we started it like in January. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like mid late winter. Okay. So not quite four years, but it's we're we are currently close enough that uh things are cropping up that are being rounded to four years. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't believe I feel like we just came up with the idea for doing this like yep. a little bit ago. And here we are four years later, still not making a living at it, but making some money. I guess if I look at it in the grand scheme of four years, I should probably stop trying to hustle it so hard. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> no, things are things every, are interesting right now. Every once in a while, uh, there's a there's a little decent payoff. Yeah, yeah. Things get fun. Things get interesting. All right, let's jump into uh, some ads. Do we have any housekeeping this week? Yeah, we do. Do we want to do that right yeah, off the top? Yeah, let's do the housekeeping. Right, we got a couple pieces of, of housekeeping of right show. now. Um, Want to say uh, thanks to Michael Newman for supporting the show. Michael Newman had a song last week. It was the Infinite Jets glitch uh, song. And uh, then uh, we started putting ourselves on Patreon. Oh, yeah, that's Patreon. new. Patreon.com. You can search for 60 Cycle Hum, I guess. I think it's literally like Patreon.com slash 60 Cycle Hum. And uh, there's no benefits to joining through Patreon versus the Podbean Patreon. I think it's group. exactly the same. Um, or just sending us money through PayPal, though that one's the hardest one to track. And also, I, I'm, yeah, anyway. Um, but uh, Michael Newman was the first person to set up through Patreon. So if you already have a Patreon account and what's been holding you back is, eh, I don't want to sign up for Podbean. Those guys are names. Well, I think of the big benefit to Patreon is that it's kind of like PayPal, where there might be better like money exchange sites out there, but PayPal is the one that everyone knows. Right, And they right. immediately trust it. So you tell someone, oh, I've got a Patreon. They, they're like, oh, I'm already familiar. I can go jump on that and search for you, and there you are. Where the Podbean one is kind of like you have to search through various parts of the website to figure out what to even do. No, I should update our website. Probably uh, should. Our website with this new Patreon information, patreon.com. So anyways, at the $10 level, there's all kinds of perks, but basically the big one is you get to be in the backstage inner circle group where yep. we do all our dirty, dirty gossiping and talk trash about everyone who's not in there. It's so much fun. It's like a sleepover. Wouldn't you say it's like a sleepover, Steve? Like we all like dress up in pajamas and like, Talk about boys. Have a pillow fight. I don't even remember the last time I had a sleepover. <laughs> but you know what you did when you had it. You talked about boys and had a pillow fight. Um, okay. 
the inner circle boys and pillow fights. All right, let's. I mean, the inner circle is all dudes. No, there's some ladies in there. Oh yeah, the wives of those dudes. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah. So that's that. Uh, let's, Steve, uh, let's hit this that first. That sounds out. so patronizing. They're valuable members of is our it, community. They, is it patronizing or patreonizing? Patreonizing. <laughs> Let's jump into an ad. Yeah, right. When you find a genie in a lamp. Speaking speaking of an inner circle member who has a wife who's in the inner circle. Yeah, this was sent by Chris Carter. Uh, anyway. Uh, of Carter's Talk Tone. Carter's Talk Tone. This was from the site Wish. It's like a store, I guess. And uh, Ryan, I got one question for you. Yep. If uh, you found a lamp and you rubbed it, and there was a genie inside, uh-huh. what do you uh, mean? If how many how many wishes do you get from that genie? You get three wishes, three. Steve. So if you go to wish dot com and you rub the website and you ask for a guitar, <laughs> you rub the website. How many necks do you get on that guitar? Ryan? You get three necks. You got three necks on a wish guitar. Oh my gosh! This is from a company called Psy T S A I. I've actually heard of these before. Have you ever heard of like you know like in the whole like Aladdin and the lamp and the genie story of after you make the wish, the genie charges you two hundred and eighty dollars for the wish. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, that's what this guitar costs. How many dollars is that per neck, by the way? Uh, that is. Oh, it's two ninety. Oh, it's two ninety. That's okay. easier to divide uh, by three. No, it's not. It's oh, the same it's amount the two, of hard. Because this is the two hundred part. Yeah, uh, yeah. This guitar has uh, ninety is ninety six dollars and sixty seven cents per neck. That's pretty cheap per neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not bad. And it actually kind of puts it more in the realm of reality than I expected it to if that makes sense because i wouldn't be surprised to see like a 75 dollar guitar on wish.com here's what i don't understand about this wait on me man the picture says this is a sigh from made by a company called sigh t-s-a-i mm-hmm. uh but the description says ge electric guitar sy-ne-003 uh three necks basswood uh or basswood body guitar music instrument es but if you zoom in on the picture, it says Ibanez. the head socks all say Ibanez. Oh, yeah. They say Ibanez uh, for Those sure. necks are um, hardtail 12-string, hardtail 6-string, and Floyd Rose 6-string. Right there in the middle. You got that Floyd in the middle. Each right one is a HSH pickup configuration. This is one of the few guitars where you actually need that monkey grip because this thing is going to weigh a ton. Um Here's something I'm confused about. Lay it on me. You got a pickup selector switch for the uh, lower guitar and a pickup selector switch for what looks like the upper guitar. How do you select pickups for the middle guitar? Good question, Steve. (laughs) I would be really surprised, honestly, if any of these guitars function. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to Geek House. Features made from qualified material. has long service life and good performance. Exquisite workmanship. Make it... Uh, make it fit for all the accessories perfectly. Three next design is very special and cool enough. Nickel alloy <laughs> string to come with a nice sound. Great for stage performance. Suitable for anyone interested in starting the guitar. Like what? I, no, wait, what? It's for starting so you have all of your options right away. I mean, when I started playing guitar, it was on a double neck, but a triple neck? Yeah. One of wonderful gifts for your loved one interested in playing no, guitar. No, uh, This guitar has 18 strings. Yeah. But no. twenty four. So here's hold what on, here's what on, I hold want. On. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's got eighteen strings, 
So why are they adding up all of the strings but not all the frets? Because it says it only has 24 frets, but really... It has more than it 18 has, strings. It has, it has 72. Tw- it has 24 strings, Steve. Oh, that's right. It's a 12-string. So it's got 24 strings. If you add them all together, it's got 24 strings. It's got 72 frets. This is almost a harp. Are harps a stringed instrument? Hold on. Are harps a stringed instrument? <laughs> oh, God. Because you don't this. play them with a bow. Oh, come on. Harps are plucked. Harps are a plucked stringed instrument. But, okay. guitar, but I heard guitars aren't a stringed instrument. Somebody, somebody told me that. They're a plucked stringed instrument. Or strummed. You could bow a guitar, though. Oh, yeah. God. I don't want to have this conversation. Does Sigur Rose play uh, st- guitars as a stringed there, instrument? But I don't. Besides uh, there being a joke, is there e- any reason to have a triple neck guitar? Um, cheap trick cover band. Yeah, but they don't, that's a joke for them. Rick Nielsen doesn't use all those necks. He can't even reach half of them. <laughs> that's like an eight-neck guitar or whatever, or seven-neck. Um, I don't know. Sometimes, uh, I don't... Yeah, there's no reason. The this, thing that's a trip to me, because like, Wish.com, there's an app for it, and you can go to the website. All sorts of crazy stuff like this for really dirt cheap. Yeah. Like, what is the... Do they have a factory where they can put this stuff together, and if they make... A dozen of them, and they sell. They're cutting a profit on a on two hundred and ninety dollars. Probably, it just seems so far fetched. But like I said, like you wouldn't be surprised if you saw seventy five dollar just like Strat knockoff, right? On Wish, they're just taking three of those and putting them together. Exactly, exactly. It's just a lot of glue. Just a lot. <laughs> well, they're they're only having to cut one body versus three. So imagine the savings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do need a larger router. Um, no, the router can be the same size. You just need a larger, larger piece of wood to start with. <laughs> this whole thing is ridiculous. For $290, I'm almost tempted to buy it. I wonder what shipping is on it, though. They probably hit you with the shipping. You would only need 290,000 plays on YouTube to break even on that purchase. Oh, God. <laughs> it would make it, make us legendary, though. <laughs> They did it, although that there was that video that was made a while back of the guy who ordered the 18-string guitar. Oh, yeah. This has more strings than that, by the way. Mm, 24 good strings. Good point, good point. Uh, he ordered that 18-string guitar, and the guy that he ordered it from just had like some factory in China make it for him. And apparently they make them for all sorts of people, and it was like a big yeah, scam. They, you could probably find that guitar on Wish.com. You probably can. Uh, but the video of that thing is just stupid, like... Or of like guitars like that, where like the top four strings are literally slack and like hanging down, hitting the other strings. I never, I never actually uh, watched that video because I was so uninterested in it. Yeah, it was pretty boring. <laughs> Speaking of boring, do we want to talk about Joe Bomonoso? Oh my god! <laughs> nope, I, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Who freaking cares anymore? Josh, that freaking article. I'm Josh so, Bonaruma. I'm so sick. Of it popping up. It wasn't ever interesting the first day. It's not interesting the third I week. I should have made a react to that. <laughs> Jobo Homonoso? <laughs> Who cares anymore? Stop talking about him. It's all just clickbait. That guy's like pulling in all the internet bucks because you guys click on the article every time it comes up. Oh, what does Jobo Homonoso have to say now? Who cares? Who cares? No one cares about that guy anyways. The only people who cares about that guy is my wife's uncle. Is he a dad rocker? I saw him. I saw Joho Bono no no walking around Summer Nan, and I felt nothing when I saw him. I was like, oh, there he is. Who cares? All right, let's go on to the uh, 
Let's go on to the topic. That's a harsh lead-in for our first topic. <laughs> uh, this is a topic. We're going to talk about a thing, a website, I guess. Yeah, you know, this is this is technically like really like just shameless self promotion. <laughs> We're not promoting ourselves, but there's a there's an element to this that benefits us. Yeah, like financially. Sure. Uh, we were approached by GuitarTricks.com. That is the yeah. site, right? GuitarTricks.com. It's a lesson site. I don't remember what the fee is per month. Do you want to look that up? Uh, yeah, let me see what I can find. But anyways, uh, we're going to have a link in our show notes and on the YouTube and whatever. And if you click that link and you uh, decide to have an account with them, whether it be a trial account or whether you sign up uh, otherwise, we will get uh, money from that. So uh, that's part of our motivation for talking about this anyways. But uh, another part of it is I've always wanted to like check out one of these sites. So I was kind of excited when they emailed us and like, Hey, you want to get in on this? I was like, well, can I get like a, uh, a code to get into the site and look at the lessons? And they're like, yeah, here, sure. It is. Here it is. Here it is. Go check it out. So we've both been checking out the site and I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of sold on it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the videos uh, I watched, uh, I actually watched a decent number of the videos. I only sat down with guitar on a couple of them. Um, but the videos are like pretty well put together. It's pretty easy to, to, uh, I mean this, I'm going to say something that's going to sound maybe a little dumb, uh, but I think it's important, um, is that the videos are really easy to like pause on specific spots and like jump around. Um, Well, the way it's structured is, is really intuitive. And you can tell I'm trying to sell something because I said intuitive. Do I'm you even talking know what about that means? Market disrupting here. I mean, there's a paradigm shift. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is that like all the lessons have the same format, right? Where it's like whether you're lear- learning just a general like style or genre, or you're learning a specific song, you know there's going to be an intro video that tells you what you're going to be doing. There's going to be a gear video that tells you what kind of gear you need to get that sound. Yeah, and then you're going to have basically a series of videos that go part by part through the song. It's not going to go through the whole song in each video. It's like, here's just the first verse. Here's the chorus. Here's the bridge. Here's a pre-chorus. You know, here's the lead lines. Here's the chords. All of it is there. You can pick and choose which parts you want to learn. And it's the same format every single lesson. So you, you there's no like, like I've learned almost everything I know on tab on the internet. Like that's the generation we're part of. Yeah. And that's always been really super sketchy. Like all tab is written out a little differently. It's all written by people of different skill levels. Nobody's like writing, like you can never, you, you have to like listen to the tracks over and over again to really understand what the rhythm is supposed to be. It's sometimes you can't even hear what the rhythm is actually supposed to be. So you're just blindly punching away. Yeah, exactly. It's, Really cool, like sitting and watching the videos and like actually having good camera angles on the person playing. Yeah. And they sit there and they stop and they're like, now I'm going to do that slower. Now here's a different angle. Now I'm going to talk you through it. Now here it is at full speed. And it's like, it really gives you an opportunity to actually learn what's actually going on. And uh, I, this is a little bit of uh, a little bit early, but I think my, my, uh, my, resolution for 2018 is going to be to get better at guitar and i already feel like like using the site is getting me closer to that right like right i was talking about the uh the mystery brain pedal by the nocturne brain 
in the uh, the sponsor spot at the beginning, I was able to play the intro part for that because I got on guitartricks.com and I looked up rockabilly as a style mm. and took a couple of rockabilly lessons and had some fun just learning like the basics of it. And then I came up with my own parts and yeah. came up with my own little ditty, you know? They have a pretty extensive song database and all those songs have... Uh, like instructions, so that so that's actually a thing that I I think is really cool. Is yeah, they have like the lessons and like oh, learn how to play blues, learn how to play this, learn how to play that, whatever. But they also have like a, a pretty, like I said, a pretty large song database. So you can kind of like I I know when I was first learning guitar, one of the things that was very like hard for me um, was because I was taking lessons and they were like uh-huh. oh. We're today we're going to play uh you know Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or whatever. And I'm like it was either stuff like that where I was like because I was like twelve. I was like, This right, is right. this is kid stuff. Yeah, this is lame. Like, I don't want to learn this. Or it was like, you know, the cause the instructor was like in his forties or fifties or whatever. And so he was like, Oh, here's uh here's the finger style to Blackbird by the Beatles. And yeah. I'm like <laughs> Okay. I'm like twelve. I'm like, who's that? Now that you laid this on me. I'm going to say that I had, I was taking guitar lessons when I first started. I'd already gotten familiar with the guitar. My mom was like, here, I'm going to sign you up for lessons and you can go like learn the last, learn the rest. And the teacher was like, well, what kind of like songs do you want to learn? I was like, I really like to learn like surf rock songs. Like I'd love to learn like Walk, Don't Run and, you know, right. things like that. And she's like, uh, a lot of people like to learn the Beatles. You want to learn the Beatles? And oh that gosh. was her way of being like, I don't know how to do that. Here's something I know how to do. Uh, guitartricks.com has a surf rock section. Really? Which was awesome. Well, it doesn't, they, have, they have like a few different instructors. So they have yeah. people who are kind of like specialized in these things. And they don't have a ton of stuff in there, but they have it at all, which is awesome. Cause a lot of places like it's really hard to track down like surf guitar lessons. It's yeah. hard to track down resources for it. And they had walk, don't run in there. And for the first time, I've actually sat down and like learned the official parts oh, for cool. most of it. I'm not all the way there, but like I know much more of the song than I actually did after spending like an hour playing uh-huh. along with the tracks one night. Like I'm impressed. It totally works if you want to learn like guitar parts, like the real parts to real songs, like say you're in a cover band or you're just like want to use it as a learning tool. I'm completely confident in it and I'm completely happy with the experience that I've had with it so far. And I could totally see myself uh, paying for it if I ever needed to. Like, say, if I had a gig and I need to learn a song, I'd rather just go to there than, like, trust a bunch of random tabs or YouTube videos where the person's, like, just kind of fumbling through it. Well, it's funny you mentioned paying for it, Ryan. (laughs) Gosh, this does sound like a spiel. Well, I wanted to lay it all out there and be, like, transparent about Um, what we're doing. So, so. If you so they have like different buying packages. Oh, you're gonna lay it um, out. Okay, I'm really gonna lay it out. Uh, so they do three months at fifty nine dollars. So that's about like twenty bucks a month. Their cheapest one, of course, they have a, a year long package that goes all the way down. Like it's one eighty. So that's like fifteen dollars a month. Yeah. Um. So I mean that that's like you said. Like if you're in like a cover band where you're always trying to like learn new stuff, that's actually pretty cheap. Because you're probably pulling well, I, in way more than $15 a month. I looked at it when I was first looking at the site, and I think I messaged you about it. Like, 59 bucks for three months, you said? Yeah. That's worlds cheaper than paying for lessons. Yeah. And it's way more convenient. You don't have to go to anyone. But it's like, 
I'm, I'm sure that's probably what I paid for like two lessons when I took lessons back in the right. day or something like that. And they have, they have stuff that's all over the map as far as difficulty goes. Like if you want to learn something really difficult, they've got stuff. If you want to learn something really easy, like it's all there. I've, you know, if they had, if they had just given us a code to check it out, I feel like we would be here saying the same stuff, even yeah. if it wasn't like, Oh, click on the link. If you go use the service and we'll get it. Yeah. Back. So we're going to have a link in on the in the description of this episode. If you want to check it out, it's an a, affiliate link. Uh, basically you click on it and you go there and you, if you sign up and we get a little coin. Yeah. Um, but you know, like Ryan said, like we've both been digging into it, checking things out and like, it's a really cool site. I, they claimed that they were like the first online, like they basically invented online guitar instruction. They have videos on there where I think I saw the date on it and I was like, dang, this has been up here for a long yeah, time. They, I guess they started in like 1998 Whoa! Um, so, yeah. how did they have video up? They must have been sending discs out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Jeez, uh, please. You know, been looking at the dates on videos, but you know, check it out. Maybe you're like, oh, I already know all this stuff. That's cool too. Uh, but you know, if not, if you've been looking for a, an online thing to do, then then check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for putting up with our spiel here. Good grief, Louise! We're a bunch of sellouts. Uh, do you feel dirty, Steve? Nope. I mean, I do, but <laughs> not, not because, not not because, because of, of that. this. <laughs> I feel totally clean. <laughs> I'm just going to wash myself in the, that warm, cleansing glow of the money that we earned, I've Steve. been in the lab all day, so I'm a little greasy. Yeah. All right. This uh, next ad was sent to us by Brendan Cooper. Uh, this is a short fretless. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's got you by the short fretless, doesn't it, Steve? Uh I showed Steve uh, this picture when we were discussing ads, and his eyes got so wide. I've never seen so much white in your eyes, Steve. So, I still don't understand how completely what is going on here. Well, I think the way to describe this is that we're looking at what appears to be a strat body. Yeah. With a really strange Picard? Telecaster neck on it that has a fretboard that extends way down into the body almost to where the middle pickup should be. Yeah, it's got one of those like floating fretboards. Yeah, like from like a stand-up bass and it's fretless. Yeah. Uh, looking at the headstock, it looks like it used to be a five-string bass headstock. Because there's some that, there's that a, I that I have, is one of the things I've been trying to figure out about. This. There's a, a there's a middle tuner missing, and then there's four bass tuners. I um, think this was a guitar neck that's maybe been modified. I don't I don't know. I think this is a custom deal. I think this used to be a five string bass neck, and then the person was like, ah, "I'm not using the fifth string. I'm going to put on a four string." All bridge. three of the pickups in this are Stratocaster pickups. Yeah, and like two of them are connected. Oh, no, that's a thumb rest. I see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that's a thumb rest. So I, th- I think those two that are close together than, that are in the traditional like middle position are, are humbucking with each other for like a, P, uh, like a P bass sort of sound. Okay. And then you've got a bridge single. It's not even bridge. It's still so far away from the bridge. And by the way, the, the bridge on this thing is all the way at the butt end of the guitar, like down where the strap connects. So like, and then they've got this big black pickguard that covers up where the normal strap bridge would be. So all this says is, I'm, I pulled it up on Reverb. It says short scale fretless bass strung with flat wound strings, one hundred twenty five dollars. There are two pictures. 
those pictures do not really give you any additional details. And then otherwise, it's got a three strat, uh, a three knob strat set up with a five way switch and a strat output jack. And the whole thing is painted like matte black. One hundred and twenty five bucks, local pickup only. I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm gonna guess that this thing doesn't suck to play. I bet it's functional to play. I will go one step further. This is apparently located in Eugene, Oregon. So it wasn't for the fact that I really don't want this in my house from a space. (laughs) I'm I'm like I'm like floating the idea in my head because I know we have a few listeners in the Greater Oregon area. Someone go buy this. Uh, Just saying like, hey, can someone go pick this up for me? I'll pay you. But then it's that plus shipping. Now that would be like $200 or Yeah, yeah, easily. But this thing is so funky. There's no frets to buzz out on this thing. with, And the, the bridge, because there's no frets, it doesn't matter where the bridge is. But the bridge is so low down that you're going to get like a full, you're going to get like a long scale bass scale out of this thing. I, I'm fumbling all my words. I'm so Twitter pated over this thing. It's so bizarre and so funky. That headstock, it has to be a custom neck. Like look at the spacing in between the nut and like the up curve of the, of the headstock. Unless they cut away at it to cut away an extra tuning peg hole. I don't know. It looks so weird. It just so yeah, bizarre. Yeah, there's a lot of not quite right going on here. It looks like it was made by someone in a small town who saw a picture of a guitar one time. Like a town that like like is like in a third old country or something like that. It's got that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but um, I don't know. Like there's a lot about this that is like. It's like a rat rod, like a rat yeah. rod. I get a rat rod vibe off of it. it. Obviously, it's not like the the garish colors or whatever that you would normally associate with a rat rod. But like just the overall concept, like I feel like this was all very intentional. Oh, it's very intentional. It looks like it. It looks like it was put together with a lot of thought. There's nothing about this that makes me think, oh, this is a disaster and it just won't play. Like this should, in theory, play. It'll have like a stand-up bass sort of fretless feel to it. Right. Ah, it's so bizarre. I wonder what it sounds like with strat pickups, though. It's not going to sound super deep or bassy, will it? I don't know. That's another reason I'm interested. And hundred and twenty-five dollars. Like this person isn't so delusional that they think that it's worth something special because they put special work into it. They realize this is a pile of junk at this point, and that it's like a niche thing. Right. They might even feel like a 125 is too much. I bet if you offered them 90, they might take it. It's just bananas. You got to look at the pictures of this thing on uh, on the links in the yeah, show notes. Yeah, for sure. Jeez Louise. All right. Do you have anything else to say about it? No, sir. But what I will say is uh, this next topic was sent by Hunter Newell. And uh, he says, why... Is the guitar community, or why the guitar, he wants to know why the guitar community is predominantly blues or metal focused. Follow the money, man. That's where it's at. It's probably where like all the, uh, all the album sales are. 
like every everything that's been like a top selling like guitar based recording for decades has been either blues or like blues rock based or metal based. Like they're huge scenes that are self-supporting. There's always, you know, old dudes and young dudes out there buying gear and music that orients itself around those two genres. And they're just easy targets because of that. Well, so blues, I think in a sense, blues because it's a traditional music. Yeah. Um, I think is pretty resistant to change. Oh, absolutely. So basically people still have just giant boners for Eric Clapton and for muddy waters and for the Rolling Stones or muddy waters, <laughs> my cover band, Joan you know? Bonaromo, Jono Bonaromo. <laughs> uh, so, so I think with blues, like there's that. And I think, you know, people are always going to appreciate some level of, of guitar, Ness, I guess. Yes, yes. Um, well, there, there, there are two genres that are uh, just undefeatable as guitar acts. Like, name a metal band that isn't guitar based. Right, and, Jethro and, Toll. I, I got nothing after that. You know. Well, and I'm sure people are gonna. You know, you can jump on Facebook and be like, "What about this this metal band?" What sure, about, sure. I mean, what about uh, you go to a, you go to. A, a heavy metal music festival, you're going to see a lot of guitars. You're yeah. going to hear a lot of guitars. I'm sure there are a few, like if you, if you venture into like, you know, some more, uh, like maybe industrial sided metal, even that has guitars, might, it has guitars, but maybe not like guitar is like, like the ministry's got tons of guitars. Sure. I wonder if anyone is surprised who's listening that you know to, about ministry. That I know about ministry. Um, it's not just because I play praise and worship. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I'm, I, I just think, I think some of that is like, those are two genres that tend to be the most resistant to, um, to, oh, to change. I think, I think hundreds of years in the future, there's still going to be metal bands and there's still going to be blues rock bands like doing their thing. I think they're going to become like folk acts. Right. Where it's like, right. Oh, afternoon in the park. Wouldn't be an afternoon in the park without a metal band playing in the distance. Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> um, I think the other side of that is like, I think, um, metal at a subconscious level, at least is still like connected to like the rebellious early roots of electric guitar. Sure. Um, well, it's also connected. It, they're kind of like, you know how when things are, are so far on other ends of the spectrum right. that they almost come back around and connect like a horseshoe shape? Sure. Like they're so far from each other as far as like blues being kind of like simplistic, like every man music, everyone can kind of play 12-bar blues and play pentatonic scales over it, where metal is like really prides itself on just this high level of technical proficiency and just sure. playing really fast really clean with a ton, a ton of distortion, you know, they, they both circle around to just being so guitar oriented in their complexity and in their simplicity that they're just locked into being guitar genres. And because of that, it makes them like super marketable to the guitar industry. Like if you are doing a demo video and you're playing metal riffs, you're going to have a built in and like, audience if you're doing a demo video and you play blues riffs all the time you're going to have a built-in audience 
uh, which, uh, which explains why it's taken us so long to get an audience on YouTube. <laughs> kind of skipping those built-in audiences, I guess. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if um, I was a metal shredder, there would be a built-in audience for our channel. If I was, you know, like a super bluesy guy, there would be a built-in audience of old dudes. <laughs> Right. Um, so some, uh, Adam Dolhanek, the inboxer mm-hmm. kind of followed up with this and asked, um, if we had any thoughts on, on, uh, why country music, which is probably the most popular or mainstream of guitar driven music, mm-hmm. uh, why it's not a bigger part well, of popular the in the U S sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, sure. Yeah. It might be true globally too. I don't know. I don't know if it's true globally, but like at the same time, like. But I, once you factor in guitar music, it might be one of the most popular guitar music. I in think the world. in terms of just general guitar music, and also like blues is a. I don't want to say it's strictly an American art form, but and of course you've already named off Clap, Clapton, and somebody else will say Rolling Stones, and yeah. I'll just be like whatever. Don't know Joe Mozo. Isn't that guy American? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, but oh, you know, I see what you're getting at. Your name. I've had enough of the scotch now. I don't care uh, anymore. Uh, so, um, but I think blues is still fundamentally like considered like an American art form, even though you know it's it is a more global. I'd say it's Western, like a Western yes. music. Yeah. And I guess the counter argument to country would be Keith Urban, uh, which is kind of an interesting. Uh, Where's Keith Urban from? He's from Australia. <laughs> Shows what I know about country, uh, man. I had no idea. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that is kind of an inter- interesting comment, though, because um, I don't really know what the answer is, except maybe to say that, like, I think the most popular country music um i think part of what um drives a music as being part of the guitar community as a whole is whether or not or is, is the prominence of the instrument in the hands of like a player so there's certainly sure. like country guitarists that are big names as both artists and as players uh Brad Paisley uh, Keith Urban, those types of guys, uh, going back, guys like Buck Owens, uh, even yeah, D- yeah. Duat Yoakam just got, a, I think, a signature uh, Gretsch or Fender or something. Oh, trick question. Gretsch is Fender. Oh, oh sucker. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, is Gretsch still part of Fender? I don't know, actually. Yeah, anyway, uh, I'm, I th- I'm like 90% sure it is. They're at NAM. they're in their own booth. They're not with Fender stuff. They're over in that booth that shares with like uh, like Charvel. Yeah, which is also um, so it might be Fender it, side so, side brands. Yeah, I think they're side brands. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, feel free to correct me when I'm wrong. I just don't really care. Uh, that's not true. I care. Yeah. I care about some things sometimes. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, so so I think I think the availability of faces, and I think that, like in a rock environment, um. I think the fan base in like a metal, well, obviously in like blues, like your fan base, your your artist, your main artist tends to be whoever the front man is. And that front man is generally, you know, it tends to be that guitar player. Right, right. Whether, you know, like you said, Muddy Waters, you, uh, Hendrix, B.B. King, like these, these are all even, you know, 
though less blues and more I don't know fusion. I don't, sure. I don't know what you call them. Like a guy like Santana. I'm thinking about like kind of thinking but about here, here, artists who aren't who are even like who are the front men of like instrumental bands who you know aren't necessarily singers. By thinking country music, the music uh, focus of the genre tends to be uh, vocal. Yes. And so you don't – sometimes you hear about guys who are players, but for the most part, like m- the vast majority of your guitarists, your frontmen guitarists in country acts are just playing acoustic guitar. Yeah. Well, here, here's what I've got to say. And half the time that thing, that acoustic guitar is, is a prop. As, as – well, and that's what I'm getting to. As someone who's very much an outsider to country music as a whole, like I'll listen to old stuff, uh, but I'm, I'm – always been way out of touch with whatever's going on currently with country the few times i've seen like a country performance like on tv or whatever if i'm looking up like a music video or Uh or whatever trying to brush up on someone that's being talked about the thing that i always get the impression of from country acts and I'll, i'll start by giving the counter a counter example like you go listen to a rock and roll song whether it be modern rock or whether it be blues rock or whatever there's very specific guitar parts you're hearing. You're hearing the rhythm guitar and you're hearing the lead guitar. Right. And there might be a little bit of layering of, of a couple of those, but it's usually just two guitars uh-huh. that you're hearing at a time. You go watch like a country video. There'll be right. like six acoustic guitars on stage. There's a lot of acoustic guitars being played. There's a lot of electrics being played, and it's more mixed like a big studio album sort of sound. Right. Where like no one instrument is jumping all the way out. But like you're seeing all these people on stage all playing acoustic guitar, and you can't really hear any of them. Sure. So it's like there's a lot of guitar in country, but it's not like it's like you were saying, it's personality driven, it's it's frontman driven, uh, it's singer driven. Like you're not sitting there like, ah, I can really hear that third guitar. Like that part is just really killing it. Right. And for the most part, the acoustic guitar in the hands of the the lead singer might just be a prop. They they are playing it. They might be playing the exact right notes, but it's the sort of thing where maybe on stage it's a prop to allow them to stay in time with the band. Uh, what they play or don't play doesn't really matter too much to the song. That's just you know prop. There's nothing wrong with it. That's totally sure. fine. I'm not going to dog on that ever. I, did you finish? Yeah. Do you feel like that's a fair assessment? I think that I think that's fair. There can be a lot of instrumentation. Um, I think also uh, it's like I said. I think it's a fan base driven, and I think there might be at least a little bit of of hesitation from uh, from players, maybe. Where I think maybe if you are a player in the guitar community, like. If you're in the right place, I imagine like a place like TDPRI um, uh, might have a lot of like a lot more country players on it since sure. they're a, a Telecaster forum. Um, but I think that uh, you run into a thing where for a long time, like country, country has always been kind of um, running alongside pop. Yeah. And I think only maybe in the last 10 years, at least in my experience, only in the last 10 years has country really started to, it, 
I, I say it, it's always run alongside pop in the sense that it's always been pop, but it's always been kind of like anti-pop. Sure. Where if you listen to, you know, if, if it was 1993 and you just bought the new Beastie Boys album, you weren't also buying the right. new Garth Brooks album. Right, right. Whereas, well, probably not. You, it, it, I, I bet that happened a lot, but it, it wasn't the stereotype. Sure. Whereas in 2017, you might go to the store and buy, like, I think there's a much larger fan base of in people. In 2017, you're not going to a store to buy anything. Well, sure. Okay, if you're going you're going on iTunes right, right. and you're buying the, the latest... Uh, even then, uh, it's more like you're making your Spotify list, you right? Know? But you're you're putting you're putting your Florida Georgia Lions and your Luke Bryan's, you know, on the same playlist as your as your Young Thugs and and uh, Migos and whatever. Like you're that the, country. I'll music, take your word for it. Country music is much more of a of a club music, whereas like right. It, Whereas I think like back in the day, like a we in San Diego we have a club called In Cahoots. It's a it's a country western Is it still bar. Around? It's still around. Um, and I think back in the day it was a, like a novelty, a thing. Now it's like now it's still a novelty thing, but it's like a novelty thing where like back in the day I think it was more for old older people. Now it's like oh you're 21 you like country then we're going to In Cahoots. Damn, let's get down. They put on, put do on line dancing. The whole put thing? on your tightest. Put on your tightest jeans, the men and the women, and uh, we're going in cahoots. Grab your grab your uh, gingham shirt. Yeah, maybe we should go on a field trip there, Steve. See what it's all about. I don't think we should do that. You don't think we should go to in cahoots that sounds like together? An awful idea. Let's both put on some tight pants and go to in cahoots. Okay, I see where you're going here. You um, and me together. So, so I think there is like that. There is some of that, and it's the same idea that you know. Within the guitar community, you have a guy like John Mayer, who people who have listened to his albums and like sat down might be like, oh, this guy is like a really good guitar player. But people who are in the guitar community who have only heard him on the radio are like, this guy's a, this guy's a fraud. Like it, he just writes pop songs. Why is everybody going crazy about this guy? I don't care. Right. John Mayer. Who does he think he is? Joe Bunamusiai? <laughs> Bunamusiai? That's a ridiculous made up sounding name, Steve. <laughs> Good old June Bunamusiai. June Bunamusiai. He's one of my favorites. I listen to anything he says about everything. Uh, I feel like we've beat this topic to death. Should we move on? Yeah, I you know we, what I'm kind of tired of, Ryan. We need a real conversation yeah, starter. Yeah, let's have a let's let's. Uh, do we have any good conversation pieces? Uh, well, we have one right here. It's sent to us from Jesse Micah Emery. Did I spell his name right this time? You did good job. I'm proud me. of you. Proud of you, buddy. Sharing and growing over here. Yeah. So this is a vintage 6L6 GC tube used as conversation piece for fifteen dollars. Uh, do you want to start the conversation, Steve? What have you got to say about this uh, this uh, this GC tube here, the six L six? Yeah, uh, the first uh, comment I have on this is what? <laughs> uh, I have a question. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> uh, I have a question. Uh, huh? <laughs> what? It is a tube with a little tiny blonde wig on it. A pair. Of Don't go- turn off the podcast. Keep listening. I'm going to uh, 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 keep describing it. A pair of googly eyes. It's got googly eyes on there and a cute little red mouth. It is just adorable. <laughs> oh, totes adorbs. Totes adorbs for sure. It's in Portland. 
Uh, I wonder if this tube is still functional, and what would happen if you plugged it into an amp? You it would that- all everything would melt. <laughs> <laughs> everything looks very meltable, that's for sure. Uh, if you left this out, like on your counter, and company came over, what kind of conversation do you think it would start? Uh, what? I don't know. I'm just trying to like start a conversation here, Steve, with this conversation uh, starter. Maybe like say, it's supposed to help you start a conversation like say, with the two. Maybe you're supposed to have a practice having conversations with the tube. Oh, so you start a conversation with the tube. Yeah. And then you practice it for when you're with a real person. It doesn't say, does it say conversation starter? It what just you, says conversation what do you, piece, what do you, right? What do you think this, uh, this little tube's name should be? If you're going to talk to it, you got to name it. Um, I don't know. Man. I have a perfect n- name in my head. Okay. Tubi. It's little Tubi over here. I think we found a uh, a uh, profile picture for our old best friend Tubi. What do you think, Steve? Is this a picture of Tubi? <laughs> Tubi or not Tubi? <laughs> All right. Uh, so thanks to Nocturne Brain uh, for sponsoring this episode. If you want to learn more about uh, their pedal, the Mystery Brain, head on over to the nocturnebrain.com. They also have a bunch of other pedals. Ryan also uh, owns the Fez from them. The Fez, like if you're familiar with my my band, the Fez is literally, literally on every single song on our album. It's been my main pedal for a long time for my surf rock band, and it was one of the big reasons for putting together the 50-50 uh, yeah, so I've been a big fan of Nocturne Brain for a long time. I was really excited when Tavo hit me up and he's like, hey, want to do a, a demo? I was like, hell yeah, I want to do a demo. Yeah, I'll- I think the Mystery Brain is a great pedal. Go check out our demo of it, by the way. Also, big thanks to uh, our frequent sponsor, uh, Sinusoid Pro Audio Got Tour. Got Tour. <laughs> Got Tour. Co-Tour. Uh, <laughs> head on over to sinusoid.com. Uh, they make cables. And smiles. This week's song is sent to us by Bobby Scott. Bobby. Bobby! Tell me about Bobby Scott's song. Uh, this song is called From Ambient to Explosive. He used a Fender Mexican Strat, a Music Man Stingray bass. Uh, he used a Strymon Timeline and Big Sky. He got his fuzz tones from an Analog sun, uh, analog Man Sunface with a high gain mob, mod. Ugh. You can do it, uh, Steve. For his amps, he used a Marshall 1987X clone. And for clean... Uh, clean sounds use uh, bias amps, Fender and Dumble impulses, and a modded Fender Blues Junior. He put his bass through a uh, bias uh, a bias set of uh, Ampeg SVT with an eight by ten impulse, and it was recorded at his studio, which is called Nuclear Warehouse Studios. Cool. Uh, you can check them out on SoundCloud.com slash the Nuclear Warehouse. And uh, yeah, this uh, song again is called From Ambient to Explosive. Hope you love it. Later, guys. Okay, bye. Bye.